Hello everyone, welcome back to another very special edition of Attention to Detail. As you can probably see in, in the title of the show or the, the number of this episode, this is our 100th episode on Attention to Detail. It's very exciting. It feels like kind of a long time ago, but also like yesterday that we we started this podcast. So, of course, to join me is... My co-host, who has been there since day one, uh, Hannah, welcome back to the show yet again for this 100th episode. Hi. So Can you believe it? I feel like we should be wearing party hats or something, drinking we, drinking champagne, but you have tea and I have spring water. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get a drink in celebration. <laughs> we'll, we'll get a drink in celebration. We should have done it on air, but we'll certainly do it off air. But in any case, I wanted to do a kind of fun celebration episode for our 100th uh, celebration. And in addition to that, we've got some other exciting content I want to mention to our listeners. The main thing is that at our website, attentiontodetailpod.com, we're going to be launching, we are uh, launching a blog. It, It should be up by the time that this episode airs. And on the blog, I'll be trying to write some not really essay style, but short, short written pieces that hopefully are take the same approach that we do on this podcast to deconstructing classical music, making it a little easier for listeners to approach, give them some tools to listen to it, but in a, in a slightly different way, kind of the blog will allow us to, to provide some additional, slightly different content. And so the first uh, blog post, if you want to go check it out, is I, de- I decided to pick my 15 favorite classical music vintages. It's a little different from a wine vintage, but the idea is that I picked out the 15 years in kind of modern classical music history where I thought the best pieces were composed. So it's a fun, very short read for our listeners, but hopefully they'll go over to our blog and check it out where there will be much more content to come. But for now, let's get to the, the episode and to our, our little game that we've we've developed here for the celebration of our 100 episodes here on Attention to Detail. And so the game that we're going to be playing is, what should we call it, like Top 100 Trivia or something? We should have come up with a name beforehand. In any case, Hannah, why don't you explain your half of the game and then I'll explain my half of the game. Sure. So I have been tasked to pull five pieces and five clips from those pieces from classical FM's um, top 100 classical all-time works. Um, So I have gone ahead and done that, and um, we're just going to see how this goes. So you've got some, and the idea is... um, Yeah, the idea is for you, I'm going to play them, yeah. and you're going to guess them and 100% know them. But um, You think I'm going to know all of them? Oh, yeah. Oh. I, I know you're going to know three of them. Okay. Okay. Well, in that case, we'll do it for myself, but also for our listeners. Maybe if any of our listeners want to play along, yep. I'll leave a little uh, silence. Yeah, the listeners should totally be playing playing along, too. And I, I, thought, of, I thought of you all when I picked them as well. Okay, like, good. Yeah. Perfect. Similarly, I've fashioned a quiz for you, Hannah, which is going to be, it's, it's classical music adjacent, so all of the questions, I've got five questions as well, and they all have something to do with classical music, 
but they are motivated. You're going to have to pick what I'm talking about from the top 100 list of something. Not pieces or classical music, but the classical music will be a clue to guessing something off a top 100 list. <laughs> so, Wait, are there multiple top 100 lists? Yeah, yeah, like I, I, for example, one that I thought about but couldn't come up with a clue was like top 100 fast food chains in the United States or something like that. But I couldn't think of a classical clue for that. But we've got like lists like that. I'll tell you what the list is, obviously. Okay. And you're trying to come up with it'll be very clear when we okay. actually when we actually do the the game. But I figure let's start with some music. So I'm gonna play the first clip uh, that that you've chosen here, Hannah. And maybe what we'll do for each of these clips is that I'll play the clip. You can give your little thoughts on why you chose the clip or what what sticks out to you before I give it a guess. Oh, really? Okay. If that's okay, so then our listeners will have a little time to... To think about it. Ponder. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Here's the first clip. So while we give our listeners a sec to ponder that one, my guess, personally, I'm not sure, but my guess is that a lot of listeners might not know that one. Yeah. Because I'm actually not 1,000% sure, but I have a very strong sure. guess. Sure. So this was one of the hard, hard, harder ones that I picked. We're, we will end on an on a easy set. Um, this one has particular significance for me, and I think, like, that's always very important for particularly, like, newcomers to the mm -hmm. art form, um, and I think a lot of it is just, like, access points uh, into the art form, and, um, this piece in particular, I'm not gonna give it away. Yeah, do not give it away. I'm not gonna no, give no, it away. No, no, no. This yeah. piece in particular was a huge access point to me in the classical world, and that was circa... 2015 2014 I believe and I was still <laughs> not to age myself but I was still an undergrad and nice. um I had gone out to see friends um in New York uh to go and see a performance of this which was a big risk that I had I had never gone to see like a, a live opera before okay. but we had all collectively sort of um loved the soprano that was uh, in the plant singing this particular part, not this singer, of course, yeah. but someone else. Um, Interesting. And okay, I fell I fell in love with it. So okay, yeah, it's making me slightly second guess because mm. I guess okay, you were in New York, mm -hmm. so if you went to the Met, then was it the Met? No, it wasn't the Met. No. Okay, but New York is a diverse enough. 
musical scene that they could put on a production of what I think this is, which is a kind of like, you wouldn't expect that from every market. Um, so the fact that you said it's a very that, niche market yeah, in New York. So you threw me a little bit, but I'm still going to go with my original guess, which is, and then I'll talk about it a little bit. My guess, hopefully, and please confirm for the listeners also that you absolutely did not give me any of these. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, I, I sent you an email of the clips. One, two, three, four, five. Yes. They're, they're not labeled. So anyways, my guess is that this is Dido's Lament from Purcell Baroninius. Yep. Excellent. So I will tell you actually. You're annoyingly impressive. I will tell you. Really annoys me. I will tell you the way that I knew that one specifically. Great little tip about this for um, our listeners, and actually hugely important little clip that you've chosen here in the history of music, because the first thing you heard there, just the bass line. Yep. Boom, 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 Mm -hmm. which goes throughout this lament is what's called a descending tetrachord. It's four notes that descend. Mm. Boom, 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 boom. Which Purcell and others in the early Baroque, late Renaissance, that kind of thing, used very specifically as a kind of lamenting tool Mm -hmm. to, to, to display lament in music. And so over and over in this clip, you hear that same bass line of a descending tetrachord composers for hundreds of years after have used that exact figure to do the same thing. For example, there's, there's, and where it kind of comes from or what it's related to is in Gregorian chant, which we were talking about on one of our last episodes, there's a thing called the Dies Irae, which is the day of wrath, day of reckoning. It's, it's, or day of, it's, it's the most intense foreboding element of the mass and the chant itself goes boom 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 and you hear that all over music it's in the last movement of Berlioz's Symphony Mm -hmm. Fantastique it's in tons of Rachmaninoff pieces it's in Liszt's Totentanz Dance of Death it's a lament or death signifying four notes so cool Okay. There you go, Purcell. Little tidbit that we didn't even. That's know a we were yeah. That's it. a that's a good like Easter egg to just hold on to so that you can carry it with you as you go across. That's it quite comes. Nice. It comes all over the place, and really, if you ever hear those four descending notes, uh, in a kind of somewhat, you know what what's meant to be expressed, kind of lament, and it all goes back to Purcell's Dido and Aeneas, he yep. knew. And I'm amazed that you've seen that opera. I've That's seen incredible. it. Though it was with two Broadway stars. Okay. Yeah. Kelly O'Hara and Vicki Clark. Um, and I bet it had, was awesome, though. Yeah. I mean, like, for someone coming with a theater background, I think it was a, a great entryway into that art form as, as someone who had none zero experience with seeing opera prior and i think like it was master voices that had put it on at city center okay yep so they do good work yeah that was (laughs) i i great clip too so i've got your first question oh and the clip and the clip was raymond lapard conducting oh great fun raymond lapard our former uh conductor at the iso Mm. um all right, so here we go. First question for you. Okay. Um, this is the easiest one. Oh. Admit, I shouldn't say it, but, but uh, for our listeners, this might be the easiest one. So this is a movie 
that is on the top 100 movies of all time. First question is, this music very famously opens this movie. You might even be able to get it without hearing the music because it's so famous. But this, this is the 22nd ranked movie on whatever top 100 movie list thing I got. And it's opened with a famous piece of classical music. So for one point, if you can tell me the movie that this is in. Another point, if you can tell me the composer or the piece. Oh, it's a point system. Okay. Well, I'm just yeah, yeah, for this yeah, particular yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we go. Here's the clip. but I feel like you've got this one. Yeah, I feel like everybody, like, I believe that everyone listening right now is, like, jumping up and down, like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. It's um, also Sprock. Zarathustra. Zarathustra. By, well, what's the movie first? Oh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Nice. So you've got two points. Do you know the composer? I can't remember what the composer's name, and as soon as you're going to say it to me, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to guess. I'm going to let her... A listeners thing. I bet a lot of our listeners are in the exact oh, yeah. It's oh. Ricard Strauss. Yeah, Strauss. There you go. But very nice job. So nailed the movie. That's the so those are the style of questions. There will be a okay. top one hundred list. Excellent, excellent. So that was yes, Strauss is Zarathustra. I will tell our listeners, you know, everybody knows the first minute and a half of that piece. The next thirty minutes of the piece are insanely good, so I encourage oh. them to continue listening because it's it's a really good piece. Have you seen two thousand one Space Odyssey? I haven't. Yeah. To be honest, a lot of people like it's so funny to me that a lot of people know it and associate yeah. it with that movie, but haven't seen that movie. Yes. I haven't seen it either. Okay. I remember I was in AP English in high school, and we were begging our teacher at the end of the year to like let us watch a movie. Yeah. Um. And he was like, you will watch what I want you to watch. And it was 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay. Like, that movie is so, so long. Yeah. And my high school classes were so short that we only watched, like, the first 30, mm. 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay, maybe a project. Yeah. Watch it at some point. All right, so here we go. We've got your second clip up now. I'll play it, and then same thing. We'll, uh, we'll try to idea it. Great choice. Uh, why did you pick this one? Well, it was on the list, and yeah. I did not recognize it. But then I go and I look it up, and it's fun to listen to. It's fun to follow. It's a short, like, three-minute piece um, of that specifically. And, yeah. Giving um, too much away already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I have it already. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and I'm reading through all, like, the comments, and everyone is, like, very lovingly saying like oh we played this in high school orchestra band and we loved it and all that stuff and I had been 
thinking not just of our audience, but also of, like, you, Jacob, when I was picking these pieces, and I was like, I wonder if Jacob played this, and it seems as if, like, every kid in an orchestra, youth orchestra, played this piece, as someone who did not have access to a youth orchestra growing up. I must have played this. Mm. I, I don't know that I've played the full orchestra version. This is the type of piece that probably has been arranged a thousand times for every configuration of band, string orchestra, because mm. it's a very recognizable melody. I will say, though, all, incredibly fun piece. Mm. I went through a phase in my life where I would just turn this on, the very end of this on, and little pro tip for our listeners... This is a great piece to listen to on YouTube or whatever at 1.5 speed because you can just, you can kind of imagine how it would be so much more fun if it was going like <laughs> super fast. Um, in any case, Bizet's, I've never actually been able to, I don't think correctly pronounce the name of the suite, but Larlesien or whatever suite number two, Ferendel, final movement. Yep. That's it. I um, looked up how to say it because I don't speak French. And it's Larlesien. Lar Larlesien. Perfect. Yeah. But I've, with a French accent. With know? a French accent. <laughs> I always feel weird pronouncing those French names because I butcher them. But nice. Love that choice. So here's your second uh, question from me. This one is going to be... Uh, it might be easy, but I'm not sure. So... This is going to be a piece that represents a city that is on bestcities.org's um, top 10 of their list of the top 100 cities in the world to live in. Okay. So it's a great city in the world to live in. And this piece that you're going to hear depicts this city. And you will hear something in this clip that I think will be recognizable. But you have to listen very closely. It's kind of quiet. Okay. So listen closely and see if you recognize. It's same for our listeners if they have to play it a couple of times. But it's something that might give away what city this is depicting. So here's the, the second clip. So this is top 10 um, on the list of best 100 cities to live in. So as a little hint, I actually want to play this one for you again, because this is tough. As a little hint, try listening to the harp, which is playing harps, you know, pluck their instruments and they give little. And there's a melody that you'll hear that the harp plays in this clip. I'm going to play it again for you and for our listeners that I want you to listen really closely to. Okay, so it comes in right after the beginning. Listen specifically for that harp, the plucked instrument.
any ideas? It's. I'm glad you gave that tip because now it so- sounds more like a bell tower than anything else. Yes. So I'm going to say London because of Big Ben and London Symphony. Y- yes. yes. Really? Yes. I mean, you nailed it right there. The piece is actually called, you You weren't even supposed to give me the piece name, but the piece is called A London Symphony. And it's by uh, Vaughn Williams. Yeah. But the city being depicted is London. And what you heard actually is, boom, 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 boom. Which is, I can't, is it Big Ben or is it Westminster? One of those two, it's like, the, the really famous clock chime that yes. happens on the hour. Yes. Um, and that is, I should know which bell tower, but you nailed it. That's that's what's being depicted here exactly. It's those either Big Ben or Westminster chimes that... that I thought very... Big Ben, I've not been to London, but you hear it when, like... I grew up, like, watching My Fair Lady, and they use those bell tones all the time, so you associate with London, and you see Big Ben, because it's just, like, cliche, so that's what, yeah. That's probably what That was my thought process. You nailed it. It's London. London was actually number one on that list, which, personally, I'm not sure I fully agree with, but that's okay. It was probably a British writer. Possibly. Bestcities.org. But in any case, great job, and you nailed the symphony even. It's called A London Symphony by Vaughn Williams. So, killing it. So, great. Hopefully, uh, some of our listeners got that one as well. I'm not sure. Um, But we'll go on to the next one. You've got your third clip here. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm excited. This is, of course, my favorite game ever, so... (laughs) I gotta remember what it is. We'll, we'll, We'll figure it out. So, here goes the third clip. So, uh, what made you, what made you choose this very recognizable one? Merely because I, I love it. Like when I saw it on the list, I was like, man, that's a good one. And I have a very selective memory. (laughs) Um, and I remember when the ISO performed this, that learning in like the pre-concert words on music, that the composer mm-hmm. um, went and visited the place Some that this place. is based off yeah, of. Interesting. And was sick the entire ride, mm-hmm. and but was still awe, awe inspired by this place that he uh, went back home after the boat journey to visit and immediately wanted to write this piece. Okay, you you will have to tell me if I'm wrong about this story that no, you're, based you're, on my you're recalling. Nailing it so far. And it was like Sunday and he was not allowed to utilize the the nearest piano because it was Sunday, the day oh. of rest. Yet he was trying to write this piece. And he broke all like the norm rules to write this piece. That's based off of the conductor that week that was his story ah, yeah well I, I honestly didn't know that um 
didn't know that. that, that story. It could have been an adage. I mean, no, no I, I'm sure he I would believe know. it. He would I'm know. Sure he, he would, would know. know. And he he'd... probably wouldn't uh, make something up like that. So that was, but um, in any case, we gave a lot of clues to our mm. audience there. It was a boat ride, and he went, but yeah, this is uh, Hebrides Overture, Fingal's Cave by Mendelssohn, um, written on a trip to. Hebrides, but also to Scotland, mm. where he later, he was inspired by that trip also to write the Scottish Symphony, one of my all-time favorite pieces, both pieces of which I have done with the ISO before, because mm. um, I love them so much. But Isn't yeah. it so good? Just the, like the sound world of it, you just I mean, are it, completely transported. Like you said, when we were listening, I I recognized this one in like Immediately. 0.2 seconds, but yeah. that's because you immediately hear the like boat ride. Yeah hazy sound world that's unmistakable. Yeah, very good piece. So here we go. Here's my third question for you. I think this one may or may not be the most challenging, but we'll see. Okay. So um, I want to play for you some music by the composer-conductor Esapekka Salonen, who is a... 21st century composer-conductor, great composer, and I want to play this for you because his music and he himself was featured on an ad for a company that is in Time's top 100 most influential companies of 2021. So I'm wondering if you'll be able to tie together kind of like his music's sound, hmm. what type of ad he could be in, of... branding, hmm. um, who would make this type of ad. So here's a little clip from his violin concerto. So, I mean, might not necessarily get a lot of clues from that clip, but... Was that what was in the ad? No, not necessarily. Oh. So, I... that But main things just to try to steer you in the right direction. Like, to me, he's a very kind of... Well, remind me, music director or... San Francisco. Form, San Francisco, okay. Currently. So, recently mm. appointed music director of the San Francisco Symphony. Yes. Very kind of modern yep. forward thinker I mean I would the I was gonna say like Apple Apple is correct no way <laughs> you're kidding you nailed it you nailed it Apple is correct Esapekka Salonen appeared in a Apple ad I think to showcase the ability to compose on an iPad for um, me it was the San Francisco thing yeah because yeah, he's yeah. like that already out in California giving it away yeah. <laughs> in any case Nice deduction there. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, good. Where are you? You're also three for three. Yep. Okay, so it's Who, Whoever loses has to buy drinks. That's that's what it is. I mean, great. I would have made this harder, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm liking my Crap, chances. I'm going to have to buy drinks yeah, now. Yeah, you, you said the last two are not so hard. We'll see. Oh, you're we'll going to... You 100% are going to be able to guess them. We shall see. Oh, we I shall see. All right, here we go. Um, here is the fourth one.
So uh, what made you choose this one? I just love the horns in uh-huh. it, especially of the, this particular clip. Um, quite honestly, I was just clicking around the list. And I was like, I was, I was more drawn to the ones that I knew than I yeah. didn't know, which I should have probably explored some of the, I, and I did explore some of the ones that I wasn't familiar with, but I was really, um, I wanted to include a symphony after yeah. our, our symphony talk and I haven't included one until now. So okay. that, that's why. And I knew going in like, well, Jacob has to know this one and you've, I think you've, con- have you conducted this with ISO? We did this for the side by side. Yes. Okay. Um, I remember now. Yeah. Um, this is one that actually, my guess is that even some of our more experienced classical listeners might I wouldn't have known know, it. Yeah. but the clip that we played might not be the one that gives it away. Oh, I specifically did like a, a more difficult clip yeah. that wouldn't give it away, but that I still appreciated because the horn in there is just yeah. like so solid. But in any case, mm-hmm. this is Shostakovich's Fifth Symphony. Uh, written after he was what censored movement? by the huh? What movement? Last movement. Yeah. Um. Because that I ask merely because that was what the list included. Oh, so, I see. Mm. The specifically the last movement is well. That's a shame because the whole piece is really good. Yeah, the whole but, piece is great. But uh, a phenomenal piece. If our listeners are interested to look into the history behind the piece, it's fascinating. Um, sweet, great choice again. You're. Uh, I guess when you're given the top 100 pieces of classical music, you're kind of safe in making good piece choices. Oh, but I've loved all the choices that oh, you've yeah. so far. It's a nice kind of varied list. I mm-hmm. like it. Different countries represented. Actually, we've had four countries so far. Yes. England, periods. France. I made sure to do different periods yeah. as well. Yeah, okay. Because otherwise I will just pull straight from romantic all day. I see. But yeah. I, I like I like what you're doing here. So mm-hmm. this, is, this is good. Okay, so second to last clip here. Oh, yeah, you're going to be buying me drinks, actually. Oh, no. This one's really hard. This one is really hard. Okay, so this comes from uh, a list that U.S. News' list of not the top 100, because there aren't 100, but the top national parks in the U.S. And this one is on the top 10 of the national parks in the U.S., according to U.S. News. I think in terms of, like, best ones to visit. Mm. And this is a piece by the originally French composer Olivier Messiaen about uh, several national parks, but the movement that I'm going to play for you is specifically about one of these national parks. And I would like you to try to guess what national park it is, um... It's going to be really hard. But let's listen. So here is a piece by Messiaen about some national park.
Okay, so this is a little bit of a cheap one, but... This is me. I mean, to, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, if I played more, I don't think it would help you, so... Oh, yeah, I'm sure it would not help yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's unfortunately a pretty kind of modern composition, um, but nonetheless... What SIN do I know? Would uh, you know that I would know? It could be the quartet for the end of time. It could be Taranga Leela Symphony could be Wazo Exotique, which means exotic birds. That. Yeah. You've played that for I've me. played it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, he was obsessed with birds. Yeah. Great memory. Yeah, this is good. Okay, so, in any case, maybe just give me one minute on some of the, what do you think are like the top national park contenders that are even in your mind? It's so dark that one of like the, the darkest... Um, national parks that I could think of was um, Yosemite. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not... <laughs> it's not Yosemite. No. But you're in the right... You're, you're kind of in the right region Am of the country. Am I in the right region? Yeah. Is it in California? No. It's out west, though. Mm, is it Zion? Yes. No. Yes. Zion. Okay. Very good. Second guess is right. not bad on that one. Yeah, this is um, a piece by Messiaen. Uh, I'm just going to tell our listeners to go look it up because I'm not even going to butcher the French, but it's from the from the canyons, I think, to the stars. Um, it's, uh, but in French, mm. and it's about... Bryce Canyon is in there, Zion, he took a trip to see all these, like, Utah National Parks and other places, and, uh, wrote a piece inspired by that, so, hey, out of the, like, 51 national parks or whatever that you had an option of, that was a pretty good call. Yeah, I think so. Um, nice. So, okay, sweet. So, last one, uh, that, that you've got for me here, this is clip number five. Um, you will know it, you've conducted it many times, but I just really, I really loved it. Okay. So, well, then we'll uh, like like the previous clips. We'll we'll. It's it's less for you. Yes, try. it's less for you and more for the listeners. Right. I, I like that even more. So here we go. Here's the final one. So, uh, any particular reason why you chose this, or just because you like it? It's so catchy. Yeah. We um, worked a concert that included this piece together when we worked together at the ISO. You conducted, and I uh, ran all the backstage stuff. Oh, yeah? You don't remember doing this? What was it? <laughs> Discovery. Oh, yeah, I forgot this was on Discovery. You also have selective memory. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, though. And, and so, anyways. Yeah. So, anyways, that this and this part would get stuck in my head yeah. all day long. And we did, like, 13 performances of, right. of this. <laughs> so, it was perpetually stuck in my head um, 
the beginning of last last year, right before COVID. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, well... Um, Feels like a lifetime ago, honestly. Yeah, this is a really fun piece. Of course, I'd encourage our listeners to go listen to it. It's Jupiter from Holst's The Planets. Could have made it onto mine. Top 100 Planets. Oh, I would have known it. I feel like oh. Jupiter. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Top 100 Planets. In the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I could have I could have really thrown you a, a curveball though and gone like you know, D- there, done there, the unknown yeah, yeah. yeah Neptune or something. Um The whole planets is a good piece. It's a actually, good yeah, all of it. Great choices, had two symphonic excerpts in there. Two English composers, Purcell and Holst. Mm-hmm. Nice. A lot of English representation and we had London featured. I actually really love England. I think gets a bad rap. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's it's. There's a lot of good composers mm. from from England. I agree. A lot of uh, British representation on this this podcast. We had two composers and London featured as the greatest city to live in. So, so there you go. So, anyways, great clips. Uh, we've come to my last clip, and this one is taken from a list of the top 100 books ever written. Um, this novel appeared on all of the lists that I looked at. Uh, one of them, thegreatestbooks.org. This one was number three, um, but it was on several lists. Um, great, great book. Fiction or nonfiction of these lists? Fiction. Okay. So, um, like, okay. And, yeah. Okay. Novel, I'd say. Um, like, kind of almost epic novel in a way. Okay. Uh, be a little hint. Um, and I want to play for you a piece that is based directly on this book. And I want to play for you a very vivid moment in this piece. Um, and maybe after we listen to it, I, I, we'll get your reactions of what you think is going on in this clip. And then maybe I'll give a little bit more of a hint, uh, depending on how we, how we feel. But let's first listen to the clip, which is a depiction of an actual scene from this book. Okay. Okay, so uh, Hannah, tell me what's going on in that clip. What scene is being described? 
This it's, is not slow. It's literally mayhem. It is mayhem. That's good. Um, also, this is a mayhem ismic. Is <laughs> like this is a mayhem question. I don't I have no idea. Yeah, so maybe I can help a little bit. Okay. Has it been adapted into a movie? Probably. It, what? Could you tell me more about the piece itself? Yeah, I'll, I'll it tell you a little more about the piece. Well, I'll tell you what's happening in this clip specifically. Okay. So you hear this solo cello. Yeah. Which in this piece portrays the title character of the book. Okay. And the title character, very triumphant. He goes charging into battle at the beginning of this clip. However... He is a title character who is kind of losing his mind. Um, and he goes into battle. He has a sidekick, by the way, played by the solo viola. And he goes into battle against a flock of sheep. That's what you hear in the kind of bleeding Oh, sounds. yeah, nice. You know, okay. Going, yes. So he's charging very triumphantly. Attempting to save, um, I think he's attempting to save this woman who he's fallen in love with, who, um, if I'm remembering correctly, either doesn't exist or, like, he saw one time or something. But he's, he's delusional, and he charges into battle against this flock of sheep, thinking they're, like, intruders. Um, and so what you hear is the mayhem that ensues when he's fighting a flock of sheep and thinks he's, like, being incredibly heroic. It's a tough one. I can slowly but surely narrow it. I know what it's not. Like I've been I've been doing a lot of like deduction. The the sheep thing was very interesting to me because when listening to it, it made me I knew that it wasn't the same, but it made me think of you know, in Midsummer Night's Dream Overture, they do like the donkey, donkey. noise. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, I knew it wasn't that, but it was like, oh, it makes me think of that. And so I'm like, what other, what other Shakespeare could it be? But then you didn't say that it was a a play. It's a book. I'd say it's an epic novel. Yeah. It's pretty old. Yeah. And here's the final clip. Originally not written in English. Oh, crap. I'm not going to know this. Man of La Mancha. (laughs) No. Uh, your description, your description. I made think, me think Man, of of Man of La Mancha is a ripoff of this book. Could really? It, could it be? What is Man? Well, of La he Mancha? has. It's a musical, and he has a sidekick. Has to be a ripoff and, of this book. Okay. What? I guess I wouldn't know what the book is. Don Quixote. Oh, Don Quixote. Yep. Yeah. There you I go. I mean, I think of anything, it more shows that I'm not very well read, though I aim to be. Maybe I just don't have the time. Don like, Quixote would be a long, long commitment. That's a long book. But in any case, there we go. Don Quixote, last uh, last one there. I, I should have. drinks. I should have. Yeah, I guess you're buying drinks. I probably should have started hard and gone easy, but I, they got progressively harder. Okay. In any case, you went the other way, which was kinder, but. There's a, I hope our listeners also had a fun time playing this quiz with us. It was great, great musical selections, hopefully from both sides, but especially from yours. The uh, messe end was a little bit of a cheapo, but you got Zion on the second guess yeah. anyways. So yeah, so this is our uh, 100th pod. Um, 
quickly before we sign off, Hannah, I'm curious, just reflections on a hundred episodes and kind of, uh, you know, I think a lot of the listeners who have stayed with us from the beginning, hopefully have experienced something of a kind of change in their listening process, their relationship with classical music, um, the, the tools that they feel they hopefully have. Um, so what's, what's your, uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, you, like everybody have, you have a unique situation and that you've been going to a lot of concerts, not, nobody has since COVID, but like you were able to put these things into practice weekly. Um, but how do you feel like you've changed or what are your reflections on the past many episodes? I mean, I was thinking when you mentioned earlier that I had been around from the beginning, I was thinking of when this initial idea came up and you hadn't even started at the ISO yet, but mm-hmm. you had just been appointed your, your position and we met at like an after party of, what was it, Magic Flu? And you had been just talking about wanting to do a podcast Um, and I think like from that point, my own classical music journey has just changed significantly from even just meeting, meeting you and like building a a friendship together and, and being, having the privilege of the access that I received. And it has definitely deepened my musical listening experience and like added significantly to my not to get too broad, but to, like, my life experience yeah. in a sense where, like, oh, I've been able to soak up so much more fulfillment out of this thing. Who else can I share it with? And how much, how can I add this into other areas of my life? So it's been, it's been so wonderful. And I hope, I hope our listeners could maybe even share um, if they're willing. Yeah, I, I, we'd certainly love to hear from our listeners on our 100th episode here what, uh, what you've learned or, or what you, of course, also what you feel like you'd, you'd like to learn from future episodes of the mm-hmm. podcast. But uh, if you check out our blog, feel free to go over to the, the contact form on our website, too, and, and reach out to us or, or message us on Instagram or anything like that. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I'll just say briefly, I think you said it really well there, hopefully for our listeners, like, you know, if, if I hope the, I made sense, <laughs> it made a lot of sense. And, and, you know, if you, if you're getting more fulfillment out of the goal of this is twofold, one to kind of listen more closely with more attention to detail, the name of our podcast. Mm. And that applies to classical music, but hopefully that applies to every area of life, certainly other music, but also maybe listening to your friends a little more closely. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. I mean, I think all of that is, it's a valuable skill that maybe isn't directly translatable, but if you're able to focus and give directed attention to classical music, then, you know, you'll, you'll be better suited to do that in other areas of your life. Yeah, and even just, like, have, knowing that the, the listeners are there have actually, like, helped me just be more comfortable in my, like, novice um, title in a sense we're like just sort of owning that you know I don't have a background in this at all I was not exposed to classical music until I started working for the Indianapolis Symphony Orchestra at 22 yeah and like I think that is a valid journey in and of itself that anybody else could have in that like yeah I had no experience but in my time, I fell in love with classical music and I will be listening to it for the rest of my life. And I think like so many other people can also 
pick up classical music at any point in their lifetime and carry it with them and get so much good things out of it. Um, and for me with the podcast, so much of my thinking has been like, if I can, if I can get one person to fall in love with classical music, then like I will have served my, served one of my purposes on earth. So yeah, yeah, I think like that has also been like tremendous and really fun for me. Yeah. Hopefully not your only purpose because I'm sure you've one of my purposes, one of them. Yeah. I can guarantee that you've, you've done that already, but I, I think, yeah, you said it great. It's. And what I was going to say, what I've gained from all of this mm-hmm. is the the phenomenal community that it feels like we have. It's it's great to know, you know, just how many listeners we have, but also um, when we get to hear from our listeners, it's, it, you know, that's what, what makes me so happy to hear people, whether they enjoy the podcast or not, it, listening to more music, listening more closely. Um, and so I want to thank our listeners for for staying with us for a hundred episodes and being a part of this really fun journey. And like I said, there's much more to come. Go check out the blog. Um, tell your friends, remember to rate, review, and subscribe the podcast. Um, yeah. Tell all your friends about the first a hundred episodes and you know maybe, maybe they'll join us for the next a hundred. But uh, in any case, I want to say thanks to our listeners for, for like I said, coming on, coming with us on this, this journey and, Hannah, thank you also for all of your incredible work on this podcast. I think uh, you've just done an amazing job being a, you know, I think so many people can relate to what you just said. Coming to classical music, feeling a little nervous, feeling a little intimidated, but having a resource in you of someone who's willing to actually put themselves out there and embrace the fact that you're, like all of us, still learning and just listening attentively, so... We'll see you back here soon, and uh, yeah, thanks to all of our listeners for joining us.